Hello and welcome back to another episode of Barbells of Banter podcast. I'm thrilled to welcome you to another exciting episode. Today we have a phenomenal guest with us, Carly Fleischer. Carly is not your typical personal trainer and strength nutrition coach. Her journey is a testament to the resilience and transformation. Having navigated the corporate world, Carly found herself jumping between jobs and restrictive diets until a game changer entered her life, strength training. This passion ignited a spark and transformed her life and set her on a dynamic career path in fitness. She's a proud owner and head coach of her brand Moxie Barbell, which is where she helps her clients embrace a sustainable approach to health and fitness. So, in the episode, we dive deep into the power of coaching versus simply instructing through an app. She shares her insights on how to kickstart your journey into strength training and dispels the persistent myths surrounding women and weight training, i.e. lifting weights will make you get bulky. So buckle up for an episode filled with wisdom, inspiration and practical tips and of course a little bit of banter on the side. So without further ado, let's dive into the episode with my guest Carly Fleischer. Welcome guys, we are... Here on a special episode of Barbells of Banter podcast with me, Callum Sully, I am joined by my special guest um, this evening, Carly Fleischer. Is that right? Is that, I've been I've been racking my head around. Playing it around in your head. Saying, yes. I've got to get this right. I've, I've got one shot at this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could have asked. Uh, no, it's pronounced Fleischer. You did. I would say you were about 95% of the way there. It is German and has an obnoxious number of letters uh, associated it was, with it. So. It was when I was trying to spell it, when I was trying to put the, the name on the title. Yeah. And I'm like, I know there's an SC and a H all together. Yeah. Yep, yep. A really a, annoying an number I, of consonants. Yeah. There's an I in there, so that must mean Fleischer. But for some reason, I, it just slipped through my tongue. Fleischer is just what I've been referring to you as, and I feel awful for that. Do apologise. Oh. oh, gosh, no. <laughs> Don't even worry about it at all. It's technically my maiden name. I never changed my uh, last name when I got married, who, incidentally, I married somebody from your neck of the woods. My husband's from Scotland. Um, so the, oh, okay. the Barbells and Banter podcast really stuck out to me because he, we talk all the time. His his best asset is his banter. So <laughs> yeah, they love the, 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 the banter up there. I've only been. Absolutely. I've only had the joy of going up once to Edinburgh, and that. To be fair, me and my wife still say to this day it's one of the most amazing places we've been. I love it up there; it's fantastic. It um, is lovely. I'm a bit. He's, he's from. He's from further on. north, even than that, like up in the Highlands. So it's it's oh, wild up proper. there. But yeah, it is. It's beautiful. Yeah, proper Scott. <laughs> Is he got a proper accent then? The proper eat pal, you know, all that. Uh, unfortunately, not so much anymore. I met him our senior year of college, and allegedly, freshman year of college, nobody could understand a word he was saying. And I, I think that he has since adapted. And now his accent really only comes through when he's quite emotional in any direction. But if you get him on the phone with his family, and I mean, they all have proper accents at the wedding my dad said he understood about 20 percent of what his grandparents were saying um but yeah he's he's lost a good chunk of it i i can just imagine i mean we in england we have a hard time 
understanding English in a Scottish accent. I can only imagine what it's like transatlantic, where it's it, yeah. I can I, at least when you what, what you guys refer to as the British accent, which only covers a very small accent, by the way, because as I'm sure I you've know. been around the UK, there is about two hundred variants of the English language. Oh yeah, here. I studied abroad um, in London, so very very familiar with that, and I yeah. think I had a leg up knowing that I had lived there for like five six months, and then I talked to my husband all the time, obviously, and I'm familiar with the the mannerisms and the certain isms yeah. the words and the the slang but when you're not familiar with it and it's coming out with that type of a tongue it is a uh, it's challenging <laughs> yeah i'm a bit closer to manchester so it's a bit more northern okay. northern english yeah. it's a bit more all right mate you know I all that all it. that yeah yeah oh, you can hear familiar. me <laughs> yeah um so we are going live here hopefully i'm checking the groups yes we have hello michelle we are live here maybe in two groups i need to double check that because let me we're definitely live in the shape with solid group for those listening on audio that are wondering what on earth i'm talking about we're doing a live stream this evening um on top of this podcast um because for those of you that are unaware of my shape with solid group you can find the links to sign up to a trial on that in the description and we seem to just be live in one group that's okay that's good. We've got the cool group anyway. Um, so for those who are wondering, you can sign, check that out in the link description after that. But that's enough about me. We're, we're here tonight for Carly. And we are talking about, um, in, the, in the Shapes of the Group, we are all focused this month all in on strength training. And we're going to be doing a lot of debunking of this idea, of a lot of myths that are attached on all across the country, you know, and with the world, sorry, you know, it, I, I'm sure Carl will agree, it's very similar mindset on her side of the pond as it is over here, which is this idea of, I can't lift weights, I'll get big and bulky and, and all that nonsense. And we want to debunk that and say, actually, no, that's not what strength training is. And when we're talking about improving the quality of your life, and I'll share some stories, I'm sure Carly's got loads to share as well. So, Carly, how are you? Tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are now. Oh, well, I'm doing great. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. And yeah, it's a bit of a loaded question. <laughs> it's been a, a topsy-turvy journey to get me where I am. So I'll try to give you the SparkNotes version. But yeah, I um, I graduated from college about five years ago, and I was a double major in economics and psychology. So I did not exactly have a future as a strength, nutrition, and mindset coach. I actually graduated yeah. and went to work as a financial consultant at Ernst & Young, um, which was like the pinnacle of what success was supposed to be in my field, only for me to get there and find that I yeah. was completely miserable sitting behind a desk all day and crunching numbers. I'm super chatty. And that was really not what I was supposed to be doing, but it was what everybody told me I was supposed to be doing. So I thought it's what it was. And um, speed up, I had about five jobs in five years, just like jumping around, trying to find something that felt like a good fit. Like I went from a big company to a small company to a slightly bigger company to a startup. And I went in sales and marketing and um, optimization, like for warehouses, all kinds of things I wasn't really that interested in, but just trying to make it stick because I'm very risk averse. And if you can believe it at 23, I was like, it's too late for me to change careers. I thought literally it was too late, which is hilarious now looking back on it. But in the background behind all of that, 
was my own fitness and strength training journey. So I was an athlete my whole life as a kid. I grew up as a competitive gymnast. I played soccer and tennis and softball and all the things. My dad was obsessed with sports, is obsessed with sports. So I was always outside kicking some kind of a ball, a ball with him. But when I stopped doing competitive sports in later in high school, I like had taken for granted. I never had to go into a gym. I was always at practices or I was at gymnastics, but I kind of lost all of the parts of fitness that felt fun. And then I went to college with no real tools about how to lift or how to even take care of my body. And I gained the freshman, however much it was. And it was the first time in my life I was really uncomfortable in my body. I mean, I just always had an athletic frame. Um, so I started, I think like a lot of women do really fearful of getting into the gym, especially when there was a lot of guys there. And I went to a fairly small undergraduate school. So I kind of knew everybody and it was embarrassing. So I was jumping around in the corner doing hit workouts and body weight things. And it wasn't until I met my now husband, but who at the time was just one of my really good friends who was training for an Ironman and doing a lot of lifting. And I started going to the gym with him at 6am and he taught me how to squat and deadlift and bench and do all of the things. And I totally caught the bug. So while I was doing this crazy career journey, I fell into powerlifting. I went fully down the rabbit hole. Um, and so that was like going on behind the scenes. And as I was freaking out about what am I going to do with my life, I'm falling in love with this sport. And then people are starting to ask me questions naturally. And I'm starting to program for my friends and do all those kinds of things. And then once I kind of hit rock bottom on the last job being like, you know what? I actually cannot just take another kind of half-assed move and go to another job that I think might be a good fit. I went out, got myself certified and started working full-time as a trainer and launched Moxie Barbell just about a year ago. So it's not a very good spark note version, but that's as quick as I can make it. <laughs> Listen, mine, mine isn't either. And you know what I find funny is that I'm I'm currently interviewing for um, a new coach at my gym, and, and mm -hmm. there's two of them actually that are standing out to me. They're both impressive, so I'm considering hiring both of them. Right, mm -hmm. but what's interesting here is one pattern I've noticed is even just from t today interviewing uh, th this girl is no one grew, no one was a kid and go, I want to be a, a personal trainer. I want to be a strength coach. I want to be, it doesn't happen. I find no. it interesting. Like you had the psychology background, you had the admin experience. I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a solicitor. That that was, that was what I wanted to do all the way through my childhood. And I didn't, I kind of messed up my education a little bit. I decided it wasn't for me. And, and very similar to you, I kind of bounced around between different things, but I did, gained some experience in, in the nutrition side because the kitchen and hospitality was where I tended to be a lot. But I realized mm -hmm. I don't want to do this. And very similar to you, my, my story is probably a bit quicker, but my story is I, I've, I, was, I was in love with the gym from 17 and um, I loved how it made me feel. I was fascinated. I'd educated myself. I was always researching. And one day I trained, I went to the gym with this lad. He was a, a friend of my, well, now wife's friend, a uh, boyfriend and whatever. And he was like, oh, why don't you go to the gym together? I thought, oh, all right, why not? You know, it's an icebreaker. Let's go for a workout. Anyway, I don't like this guy. <laughs> but he was a qualified personal trainer. Or so that's what he had on paper. But what ended up happening was I ended up teaching him 
everything about exercise. And he said something interesting to me, and, and I thank this guy. He doesn't even know it, but I thank this guy to this day for everything that I've achieved over the last decade because it started with one sentence. Oh, you know your stuff. You should consider being a personal trainer. And I decided, do you know what? And I said to my wife, she would probably roll in her eyes because I always had ideas, and she's she's a psychology psychology graduate okay. right so academia and stuff and, and she was like oh yeah here we go you know i know you like the gym but let, let's see fast forward 10 years and we are here where, where we are but I, I i don't look back and i think i'm picking that vibe off from from you and, and from what when i did some research into you beforehand I, I got the same vibe it was like once once you go that direction you don't go back. It's like once you yeah. truly find fitness, more specifically strength training as well, like you said before, you know, we think, don't we? And even I'm naive. When I first opened up my gyms, well, even when I was just doing one-to-one training before I, I, I developed a gym, I believe the same, right? It was what it seems to be the norm, hit training, burpees, you know, yeah. fast circuits and stuff is the way. And I believed that that's what, the demand was for i believe that that's what because my clients were mainly women i believe that that's what they wanted right yeah and and even in gyms that i first trained in working for other gym owners just as a freelance pt that's what they would program so i just came into the industry thinking oh people want to jump about and do mountain climbers and burpees and then it started to hit me when i started to go into other gyms and stuff and i started to see the impact that no what I don't realize is actually what they really want is to deadlift. They want to squat. They want to do yeah. these compound lifts, and they don't think they do it first, but very quickly. And, it and is, that for me yeah. has been, you know, and it sounds very similar, very, very parallel, and, and I'm sure you've been in that situation. We all do. We all think that's the way forward for fat loss, yeah. don't we? Well, it's. I think a lot of us think it's the way forward for fat loss, but I also think especially for women, it is – kind of the lowest barrier to entry way to get into the gym. And in a lot of cases, kind of the least intimidating. So the idea of being in the weight room, especially when you are a beginner in the gym and you don't know what you're doing, you hear a lot of fear mongering about one getting hurt around a barbell. So you have that that you're already contending with. But then you have, you know, at least at the more stereotypical gyms, you've got big dudes that are grunting and taking up space. And especially women, I hear this from my clients all the time. And I think back to how it was when I first started in the college gym, I didn't feel like I was worthy of taking up that space because I wasn't lifting as much as anybody else. Maybe my form didn't look as good. So kind of hiding away in the corner and doing a burpee or doing a bodyweight exercise or doing some light stuff with dumbbells. I started with a Kayla Itzine's bikini body program, which was all like seven minute circuits. And I hated it, but it was giving me results, mostly just because it was the first time I was having any sort of energy expenditure in the gym. And then it was kind of triggering me then to start paying attention to my nutrition and paying attention to my like exercise and what I was doing outside of the gym as well. But I do think it is really low barrier to entry. And just like you said, I mean, there's so much misinformation out there. And to be frank, especially with a lot of influencers now, the like sexier stuff when it comes to the fast transformations and the this is going to snatch your waist like that's what sells the the boring reality of strength training is that you go and you lift some heavy stuff and you get a little bit better each week and you do the same thing over and over and over again for years and years and that's how you really build the foundation that doesn't sell it's not super sexy so it's harder to get that kind of mentality out to the masses even though it is 
by far the most effective way to train. Completely agree. And I think the issue with the apps, you, you mentioned the Kayla before, and my wife did that because my wife struggles to take me seriously as a personal trainer because we share cupboards. My husband as well. <laughs> okay. Right. And, and, and I get it. I get it. She was with me before all this and she has been to my class and stuff, but she, she, she did her app and I've got no issue with Kayla, it seems, but the problem I have with personal trainers, I still classes in fitness influencers, if I'm honest, because yeah, it's okay creating an app and then having a disconnect. She was doing push-ups off her knees well before she should do and she tore her bicep and she was injured for quite some time you know a, a decent tear in, in a small muscle like the biceps it's a big deal and that wouldn't have happened if someone like myself and you who i know we coach is all about accountability and it's about actually being there even on my workout programs that i have for these guys in here it's me doing the exercises but at least i know i'm showing them how to do it yeah, on some of these apps where it's like, yeah, yeah, pay fifteen pound a month for a person that doesn't even know you exist, and you're working out, and there's there's no safety, there's no checking the form beforehand, there's no laying the foundations of the main compounds that we'll talk about after. Yeah. It's just right. Here's a push up. Do it on your knees or off your knees. Bang. And it's a bit like I don't like that, and I know, I know know you're the same um, with your coaching style, Carla. It, it's about actually coaching. I think we've lost sight yeah. of that. The industry's lost sight of that word right there. You're not a coach if you're just creating an app and going, yeah, off you go, follow this program. Don't forget to send me transformation photos though, so I can use it for my promotional material. I hate well, I that. Think it's, I think ironically almost this goes back to what you were saying in the very beginning of that you don't really hear a lot of little boys and girls saying they want to grow up to be a personal trainer because, I mean, to call a spade a spade, none of us get into this because we think it's going to be the most lucrative job in the entire world. I didn't sign up for this because I thought it was going to be the thing that makes me rich. It's because it's the thing that I love and I love helping people. And the reality is having those apps where you, it's a volume game, you get a lot of people on a lower price point. It is one really effective way to make a good passive income out of it. And I think that's what a lot of people are after, again, because it is flashy, it does sell, but yeah, it doesn't get to the root of what's actually going to give you not just the physical transformation that you want, but my whole methodology is with coaching is you're not trying to reach a physical transformation just for the sake of the outcome, right? Otherwise you'll get to that quote unquote, dream physique, and you still won't be happy when you get there. It's about learning to love the process of getting there, learning to love the way it makes you feel, the habits and the routines and the strategies that you develop along the way that help you not only look your best, but feel your best and perform your best and have the most energy and be able to do all of those things in your day-to-day -day life. And you just don't get that from an app the mm -hmm. same way that you do from working one-on-one -on -one with a human being who actually really cares about you. Yeah, and and I also believe that when it comes to like weight loss, and as we both know, weight weight loss or fat loss is a byproduct yeah. of strength training, and we know that. But I think for these people who like, yeah, I want I want to lose weight. That you might lose weight, and let's say you do become happy with the weight loss you've achieved. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. I tend to find that most people aren't. They're chasing something that they'll never be satisfied with when it comes to weight loss, as we know it. But when people start getting stronger and they start building biceps, and I've seen this, and you probably have as well, Carly, but and I've got people in this group that will be nodding. They 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 agreed that they all joined working with me because oh, I just you know I want to lose some weight. 
and now I've got ladies in this group, Michelle's, yeah, Michelle's watching, who are attending these sessions and they're flashing off their biceps. They're dead happy, yeah. excited about how strong they're getting. Even my own mother-in-law, who is that stereotypical, you know, older generation, no pun intended, I'm not calling you old, <laughs> but, you know, the older generation that have that mentality that, you know, women should be slim and, and shouldn't be bulky and, and building muscle, when that's absolute shit you know as we yeah. know and and the mental side you mentioned before about the mental side and, and of course your psychology background so you will see it because you know obviously about the the endorphins and and stuff and it's yeah. kind of like that to me gives me so much more joy as a coach you, you mentioned before yeah. about not doing it for the money it's about helping people the most job satisfaction i get is not when people send me a transformation photo yeah great i love that but particularly at the gym, it's when people are proud and go, Callum, oh, my God, I managed to add another 10K onto my, my, my barbell for my deadlift. I'm feeling so strong. That right there, that yeah, lasts a lifetime. That's what lights me up, for sure. Yeah, and I think, again, the reason why when it comes to fat loss and why doing those HIIT workouts isn't – it doesn't end up being the most effective. And I don't want to sit here and bash those workouts, right? Like, they're not – objectively, they are not the most effective, but I really am a big advocate for – doing whatever you can to move your body in a way that feels good for you, especially if you take somebody that doesn't have experience lifting or doing anything and they're fairly sedentary, to take somebody who's fairly sedentary and then have them going and doing a bunch of HIIT workouts, I would always rather them do that than do nothing. I'm a big something is better than nothing. But yes, the reason why most people aren't satisfied with the transformations that they see from those HIIT workouts is because maybe they lose fat, but even if they lose fat, well, then you don't have the toned look that most people are after. And that that's my, my favorite, least favorite word. But the toned look is really just that you have muscle that you're actually exposing. And if you're not strength training to build the muscle, well, then there's nothing to expose when you actually lose the fat. And then a lot of people do feel that they are too skinny, that they don't actually feel like they've got that toned aesthetic. And so it takes... I think a lot of mental gymnastics, honestly, especially for women, just because again, societally, we are always supposed to be chasing the smallest version of ourselves. And as you said at the start, there is such the stigma around getting bulky, which God, I wish it was that easy. I wish I could just go and do a deadlift and get bulky. My, like It would be amazing. <laughs> I've been doing it mm. you know, like five, six, seven years now, and I'm still not bulky. I wish I was bulkier. Um, but yeah, that's why the strength training is so effective because you build the muscle and it facilitates fat loss. And then you actually have the muscles to show off once you've taken that fat down. So it's a, yeah. it's definitely some mental gymnastics though, to get people to that point, especially when you don't have the familiarity with it. Yeah. You said right about the bulky thing is like, I have testosterone and I struggle to build just an ounce of muscle every three yeah. months. And you're worried about looking like Xena the warrior princess. No, no, no. It's not going to happen. This stuff yeah, like you I have to buy. You off... don't accidentally just wake up. Yeah, just, yeah. No, no, no. There might be stuff that you buy off the back of a dodgy van that will help you get there. But naturally <laughs> that's not going to happen. Not saying it can't, but you've got a hard way to go but it's the way that's like i've had this i've, I've had this and we're gonna i'm gonna ask you about why that is from a psychological point of why that yeah. fear is so there but i want to share just this little story about one client in particular who joined my gym and she's been with me now for a couple of two years actually 
I remember we were doing a session and she was just using dumbbells or a kettlebell. And I said to her, we were doing the barbell squat and it, we were working in a rep range at this point. I, I tend to do a lot of micro cycles, um, just keep positive adaption going whilst mm-hmm. maintaining the program. And we're doing a small group session. We're lifting weights. And, and I said, look, it's about six to eight rep range here. Why don't you use a barbell for your squats? And her exact words, and a reminder of this today, was exactly what you think it was. Oh, no, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get bulky. Fast forward two years, right? I did a session with her literally just the other day, and she's got 20 plates on both of those bar on that barbell, and she's just bopping it up like nothing. Isn't it so strange? Why do you think that is, Carly? What, what, yeah. what, what is that? not only is it a myth but why are they scared of it yeah well i think it's it's a couple of things so one i do think that barbells in particular are are something that feels scary to a lot of people that feels like the part of the gym that they never identified with and i think for a lot of people starting out in the gym they don't yet identify as a weightlifter right they are somebody that dabbles in it, but it's not yet been integrated into their identity. And when it's not a part of your identity, it's really easy for you to feel like you don't belong in that space, especially if you're in a busy gym. It's a lot easier to hide away in the corner with a dumbbell than it is to be out in the open and risk people looking at you and risk any of that other stuff. So I think that's a big part of it. Um, But again, a lot of it, I think, really does come from the misinformation piece that if there was more education out there that said, Hey, you know, that in terms of like the, the contraction of the muscle in terms of lengthening and shortening, yes, the objective load on the barbell is heavier, but you were doing the exact same eccentric to concentric muscular contraction of your quad with a dumbbell as you are with a barbell. So there really isn't the difference there, but again, that's not the information that gets espoused on Instagram all of the time. It's Mm -hmm. do this thing, jump around here, jump around there. And so psychologically it's again, and I'm talking mostly to the female population here because speaking from my personal experience and that of a lot of my clients, it really just does come from that place of fear and also feeling like you don't belong. And that's one of the biggest things I work on with my clients is really integrating that identity of not just I am a person who weightlifts, but I am a weightlifter. And when you ide- like when you really are able to integrate that and you feel that, that that is part of you, our brains don't like cognitive dissonance. So then if you are a weightlifter, but you're not lifting weights, well, then your brain doesn't love that. It's like, oh, like I actually, I'm a weightlifter, so I should be lifting weights. So I belong to be in this section. But on the flip side, if you're not that person and then all of a sudden you're doing it, you feel that dissonance in the opposite direction. So that's one of the biggest pieces of advice I give to people is really start to think about who you are and what you identify as and start to work on your identity being the thing that you want to become, not necessarily just the place that you're in right now. And I also think as well for when I've surveyed a lot of my female clients and told them to be honest, I get the impression that a lot of the times you talked about sort of identifying as a a weightlifter. I think a lot of the time women that I've worked with believe that they will become they won't be found as attractive by their partners if they if you know because they have this idea that. And some men, unfortunately, do say stuff like this, and that doesn't help the problem, but that doesn't speak for all of us men. Um, You know, where a lot of – there's this mentality that men don't like women to be muscular, and and, and that can be a bit of a put-off. I think people feel like, no, no, I I need to stay feminine, and I'm like, but you will do. We're using that word that 
oh no, we both don't like toning up. Well, what do you yeah. think toning up is? <laughs> You're building yeah, exactly. muscle and dropping exactly. body. It's recomposition. Exactly. And I will say, and I, I hear this from clients all the time as well. And I'm super fortunate that, I mean, I'm five foot two and my husband's six foot four. So no matter how big I got, there's really no scenario in which he's ever going to be worried that I'm going to be bigger than him or anything like that. But I do hear it from a lot of clients. And um, one of the things I often encourage people to do is just to ask right? Because so often of the time, there's this story that we tell ourselves in our head of, well, if I do this, if I put on this muscle, well, then my partner isn't going to find me attractive. Have they ever said that? Have they ever made any statements that would imply that? And maybe just go ahead and ask, right? Like, hey, like, what do you think about this? And you know what? Like, sure, some people, there are people out there that don't love it. But again, if this is your partner and somebody that loves you and respects you and, you know, all, for all of the things that a, a marriage and a partnership is supposed to be about, then you should be able to have that conversation and say, hey, this is what's making me feel my best. This is what's helping me feel empowered and strong. But also, this is what's letting me run after our kids or have the hopes of being able to run after and play around with our grandkids on the floor one day. This is what's going to have me staying independent for as long as possible and really sharing, again, why those things are important to you. But most of all, just have the conversation. If you're really worried about your your partner or your mom or anybody else in your life not supporting you or thinking anything differently of you, just ask. Because a lot of times it's the story we're telling ourselves in our head and not actually the reality of how anybody's feeling. I've been reading, well, I've, uh, I've been following her work for a bit, but I've just started reading a Byron Katie book, actually, mm -hmm. um, Loving What Is. And it's very similar to the stuff you've just said there, which is our thoughts that that we perceive as true which is actually us it is yeah. you know it's like oh my husband my, my husband or my wife doesn't want me to look this bulky do you know that to be true or do you believe that for is that what you don't want to be because you don't find that, that, that it's attractive and, and my wife is my favorite training partner and, and, and most of the time i don't know about you card but I, i'm quite a I like to train on my own. I'm quite a solace trainer. Considering <laughs> I, I've run group sessions and stuff, I don't really like training with people very often. I like to get get my headphones in, get in my zone, crack on and do. But when I do, if there is someone that I do enjoy training with, it's my wife, mainly because there's some banter. There, there's that <laughs> word again that we'll have. But we'll have a laugh with it because she's she's only small. You know, she's only five foot four, bless her. And, but, you know, she she's pretty toned and and i like that and, and and not even if i didn't find that attractive personally which i do but even if i did i like the confidence that comes with that and i do find the exactly. confidence attractive and if that's what she likes i'm like yeah you go girl and and for me like we have a running joke her legs her quads are better than mine right so i may have the dominance in the upper body but we, if we if we mess about at home or play fight, she knows if she can pin me down and get the, get her legs on, I'm going nowhere. I'm yep. that's it. I'm stuck. She's got rock hard quads, right? It's and funny. My, my husband and nowhere. I are the exact same way. I mean, he is. It, uh, in objective terms, his leg is bigger than mine, but pound for pound, I lift more than him for sure. And uh, yeah, I love training with him. That was actually where our relationship started was at 6am in the college gym. It was before we had even started 
dating. It was just, hey, if if you want me to teach you how to squat, you got to come when I'm going to the gym and that's at 6 a.m. And our whole relationship was built on that. I mean, he's been with me through powerlifting competitions. He's been with me through all of the career journey and the entire start of the business. He's been my guinea pig for a lot of different things, but he's like the only person I actually really like training with because he we push each other really hard. We're both like a bit of a bit psycho in the gym. And, and we are like some of the only people that I think can keep up with each other just in terms of the intensity that we bring to all of the sessions. And it is, it's so much fun and it's become such a huge part of our life and something we love to share together, something we talk about all the time. And it's been a huge bonding point for us. And I think, especially for a lot of men that are interested in the gym, you may say at face value, you don't want your partner to be in the gym or you don't think it's attractive or whatever, but get in the gym with your partner. It'll actually be really, really freaking fun. 100% agree. And, and, and God's only truth, I've never found her more attractive than when she's there going, Ugh! <laughs> you know, yeah. push, pushing a, doing a bench press and pushing a barbell. I'm like, you go. Yeah. I love that. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And the confidence is, is top notch. I mean, as somebody who's struggled with my own body image and my own confidence and just overall self-worth nothing has made me feel more empowered and just stronger mentally and physically than being in the gym and the other thing is it's taught me how to push past obstacles in other parts of my life and that's something that's tremendously valuable if i know i can do hard things in the gym i know i can do hard things anywhere else and i know that if i make little incremental progress that that's going to build up to really big things one day so there's a lot of lessons that i've taken out of my strength training experience that are a part of my personal life that are a part of my business that are a part of really everything integrated throughout one thing i wanted to touch on there as well because as we were um talking about this one of my clients commented about the apps that we were talking about earlier but it's going to tie me into something that i wanted to discuss with you related to the muscle because people tend to forget this too which is rest and she said a lot of those apps, and this is what we were referring to earlier on, um, you know, they'll say, yeah, do this for 30 days, six weeks, uh, these trick challenges, but they never warn you to have rest days. And that, yeah. that's true. You know, it's very, and again, I think that creates that disconnect where it's like, yeah, yeah, just do all these workouts, even, even resistance training. And I, and I'm sure you do as well, on my programs and on my services, I'm like, no, no, rest up. Because the more you overdo it, the less results you're going to see. Yeah. What, I wanted to touch on rest because people might be listening to this going, okay, I hear you out, Carly. Yeah, I hear you guys. I want to do this. You know, I, I, I am a lifter. I identify as a lifter. Let's get into this. But one thing I warn people of the most when clients come to me go, I am lifting, you know, I'm doing what you guys said. I'm getting a bit stronger, but I'm not seeing any changes. Nothing's happening. I don't feel much stronger. I don't really feel any difference. And I'm like, well, how many times are you, you lifting weights? Like, oh, every day. And I'm like, but you don't, your body doesn't actually do anything at that point. You just shock you. You're putting the stress on your body. Yeah. It's when you sleep and when you rest is where your body's actually getting to work. And this blows people's mind. I think that's another yeah. thing that's not widely known, you know? Yeah. I, uh, oh, there's so many different directions that I can take this. <laughs> um, so, I mean, one is that like what you're doing in the gym does not exist in a vacuum, right? Like even if you're just going to the gym, if you are not, 
eating with some intention, making sure you're eating enough protein, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, and you're under an extreme amount of stress, what you're doing in the gym is never going to be able to combat those other things. So I do want to give that caveat first and foremost, right? That like, you're never going to be able to just take one isolated thing like the gym and expect that that's going to make up for everything else that's going on anywhere. So the first thing that I ask clients, if they come to me and they tell me either about, you know, what they're doing historically, or if we see stagnation in their training data, is I'm asking about sleep. I'm asking about stress. I'm asking about water intake, protein intake, all of those other factors. But speaking to it specifically from the rest standpoint, Basically, all training is, is applying a stressor to your body and then giving your body the opportunity to adapt to that stressor and then ultimately come back stronger. It's the basic principle of like your general adaptation system. So it's like what your body does is you apply a stressor, you give it time to rest and recover, you come back stronger. But the flip side of that is if you don't give it time to rest and recover, rather than coming back stronger, you actually can dip below that baseline level because every single one of us has a, a training volume, like our maximum recoverable volume. So it's different from person to person, right? But for most people, you really don't need to be training, strength training, more than four max five days a week. I would say most of my clients fall in like the three to five day a week sweet spot. And speaking for myself, I strength train four days a week. And then I typically will throw in like some zone two cardio on an additional one or two days. So I might be working in some capacity, but in terms of my high intensity lifts where I'm within a couple reps of muscular failure, I can't sustain that more than four maximum five days a week. And that fifth day is usually something a little bit lower intensity, or I'm throwing in a full body work on top of, you know, like an upper lower split or something like that. But the rest is how you actually adapt to the demands of training. It's what you do in the gym, but how you recover afterwards. If there's no recovery, there's no benefit from what you're doing in the gym. Yeah, I would agree. And, and, and I know myself, I, I'm I'm a no more than three day a gym guy. I will, I will, but in terms of strength training, I'll tend to do. Yeah. I, I I tend to like to do full body training. I've tried many splits in the past for me personally, but not only do I prefer total body workouts, yeah. I might do a push pull leg split, but usually, yeah, I tend to have found the most joy um, yeah. and results from working total body workouts and i used to when i first started all this oh no no that's boring i don't want to do squats multiple times but that's before i studied and understood how many different variations of the same movement can be done oh my god and i yeah. tend to go i tend to do like a pattern it might be a b a workout and if i do get a fourth workout in it'll be conditioning usually i'll train the muscles that benefit from higher intensity such as the abs or the calves in my case because they just don't grow <laughs> um, and that's where i'll probably do my conditioning work and do a sure. bit more i might add a little bit of cardio or at least some form of hit which will con condition basically the, the training i've done and i try to build that into everyone's different you know everyone responds different but i tend to find particularly with ladies that are looking to start getting into it I don't personally, well, I personally wouldn't recommend, right, yeah, do arms on a Monday, do legs on a Tuesday, do shoulders on a Wednesday. Yeah. My personal view, particularly if you're just getting into it, if you really want to get the most out of that initial first three months of weightlifting and really see that wall, 
don't go and train the part that you want to work on do a full body workout get a bit yeah. of everything work all the compounds I guarantee you, your whole body will feel the benefit of that. And within those yeah. three months, then you can start going, oh, my God, I'm starting to yeah. see. I'm like, now I might work out on my arms a little bit more, you know? Yeah. Well, so for me, right, like training is all about what you can do consistently. That's kind of the whole foundation that I built my business on is creating a version of fitness that fits sustainably into your lifestyle. And the way that you see results from anything, uh, but from the gym, especially in this context, is by doing it consistently. So if you love full body training, train full body. If you love an upper lower split, train that. If you love a push pull legs and that's what makes you feel the most motivated to get into the gym, do that, right? Like there is no perfect split. You can optimize the hell out of it. And sure, if you're a Mr. Olympia bodybuilding contender, then yes, we're going to get down into the minutia of that. But for 99.9% .9 of the population, getting into the gym and doing what you love is going to enable you to do it consistently. Um, but especially if you are somebody that's going to be training two days a week, three days a week, even four days a week. I usually, I personally really like an upper lower split. I love doing a dedicated leg day for myself. Mm. It just gets me all kinds of hyped up in a very masochistic way. Um, so I usually will oscillate with like an upper lower um, or for clients that are training, you know, three or less days a week. I like to do full body. And the reason for that too, is because you get more training stimulus for those muscle groups throughout the week. So say you're doing some kind of a fancy split where you've got arms on one day and you're doing quads here and glutes and hamstrings here and shoulders here, well, then your muscles are actually recovering faster than your next training stimulus for that muscle group. So if you're doing that and say you've got a five-day split, well, then you're only training shoulders once a week, but maybe your shoulders actually only need two days to recover before they're ready to go again. You're better off doing an upper lower split or doing a full body split, something where you're going to be able to train those muscle groups multiple days a week because you'll increase the total stimulus on those in a shorter amount of time and then you'll see more results faster. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, and I say this to clients a lot. I, I say, you're not a bodybuilder. You're not a fitness model. You could be. And I'll say to them, is that what you want to do? Well, no. Well, then in that case... Me personally, I feel the place for those single part body splits is for bodybuilding. You're deliberately trying to aesthetically work on certain portions, yeah. perhaps to go on stage, which, you know, so I have trained clients that have done that, um, perhaps for modeling or something like that. But if you're really wanting to feel the benefit, the true benefit of strength training, and and you mentioned before about doing what's right for you and there's no perfect way. And I completely agree. I think you get to know yourself. So me personally, I know my limitations. And, and, and from a psychological point, I'm, I'm self-aware. I know if I leave leg day till Friday, I'm not going to do it. I will not do it. So I now choose go, right, you know what? I'll, if I was to go into the gym, start my workout, I guarantee you the first thing I'm going to do is get down into my squats get down into those deadlifts. I don't want to do them because I hate training legs, right? With a passion, <laughs> right? <laughs> but... Well, that's why your wife's quads are bigger than yours. Exactly. <laughs> and why my calves don't grow. But for me, I'm like, if I just did the stuff I wanted to and just did bench press and rows all the time, that's not going to get me anywhere. And not only that, but I tend to find the big, the big compound lifts, which we'll talk about shortly to when we get into where to start if someone's listening to this and we're giving some tips on what to start with 
but I tend to find the stuff that I don't want to do is usually the stuff that I'll do first because then after I've done it, then we release the serotonin, the dopamine. Oh my God, if I start with a big powerful deadlift, which is a little bit more upper body. So let's say a squat or a lunge pattern, right? And let's say I start with a squats, pure glutes and ham- quads, hamstrings going off. And even though I hate training legs at the end of it, I'm like, yes, give me any exercise now. I'm ready to take it. You know, it releases the yeah. most endorphins and stuff like that. So I agree with you in the sense there's no right way. I think, like you said, do what's what works for you. And I, I think yeah. only through trying different things can you truly know what works for you. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, so much of my experience as a coach has come not from what I've learned in a textbook, but from my own experimentation on myself. Like, I would never give a client a workout that I wouldn't be happy doing. And I only know that because I've done them, right? I test those workouts and I've done variations of those things in the past. Um, But speaking to, again, like where those compound movements fall, the other reason to do them first, not just from the mental standpoint, but physically as well, there's a reason why we all put our compound lifts at the beginning of the session. It's because they are the most energy demanding, right? Those compound lifts are going to be working the largest total number of muscle groups, meaning it's going to require the most amount of energy to be able to do it. So if you're going and doing a bunch of accessory work and then you try to go do your barbell back squat, you're not going to be able to lift nearly as much as you would have if you did it fresh at the beginning of the session. So doing it first is also going to give you the most bang for your buck out of that movement because you'll be able to move the most weight, apply the most force to the muscle, grow it most effectively, and then go into some more of that isolation work that requires a little bit less stability demands, a little bit less spinal loading in most cases. Um, And then you can focus more on the individualized muscle groups. Excellent. And and we're going to get to, yes, and I'm getting there. <laughs> one, of my, one of my clients, she says, and I knew this was coming, we were getting to it. What kind of strength training can you do at home then if you can't go to the gym? Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> well, that's where, that is exactly where I was going with this because we've, we've spoken on this podcast so far about the, you know, we've thrown in terms like squats and barbell stuff because we know what that means. But obviously, if you're someone yeah. who, might be interested in thinking, okay, I want to I want to get a bit stronger, I want to lift weights, but I don't really like the gym or perhaps I haven't got access to a gym nearby yeah. or I can't afford to go to the gym. You know, how could I go about getting started at home? And I think that's an important question because I think when people yeah. think strength training, and probably because we've, we've spoken about it in terms of the generic formula, but people think strength training is just lifting weights and it's not, is it? You know, resistance training strength training can be done at home and i recently set uh yesterday an assignment for my clients this week which was called the diy challenge and it was designed for this reason to find stuff around your house to make your own weights for example you know metrics are the same if we're talking about two liters of water we're still talking about two kilograms of weight it leads to in gram it's the same metric just representing a a different material one's for fluid one's for a solid so if i say to people two liters a bottle of water yeah you might feel silly but who cares you're at home there's your weight there's your resistance you know it takes me back to the the covid days of what i was doing for lifting (laughs) when we couldn't go to the gym but there are so many accessible ways to train with whatever equipment you have and i have a ton of clients that work out at home either with very limited equipment or with no equipment at all so i'll i'll tackle it from kind of 
two points. One is I'll give the kind of starting points of if you were looking to acquire some very basic at-home equipment, what's going to give you the most bang for your buck and kind of how would you approach that? And then number two, going a little bit more on that like DIY side of what are some of the common household items and things that you can use. So first things first, what's always going to be most important, regardless of where you are training, is that you're on a program that is focusing on progressive overload. Meaning that if you're going to work out at home, and this is whether you're at home or at the gym, don't just go in and do a random workout. Don't just run here, lift this, do that. You want to make sure that you are doing the same workout over and over and over again and trying to get progressively a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. So you've got, you know, your micro cycle and you're repeating that over the course of that meso cycle for fancy words there. Basically, you've got, say you're doing three workouts a week, right? You've got workout A, B, and C. Well, next week you're repeating. You're doing A, B, and C again, but you're trying to either do one more rep or do one more pound or improve your recovery a little bit better, rest a little bit better, you know, so all of those things. So that's first and foremost, always what's going to give you the best results. If you are looking to train at home, usually what I advise people in terms of like the bare minimum equipment that I love to have is adjustable dumbbells. You can buy dumbbells where you can adjust from five upwards of like 50 or 60 pounds, I think. Um, I have a set that goes from five to 50. And those, I mean, honestly, I got gotten them secondhand um, really, really inexpensively. And so those are, dumbbells are always going to be a great bang for your buck there. And then the second one is I love an adjustable bench, something that you can put on an incline, something that you can do flat. And between that and getting yourself a set of resistance bands, some of like the longer loop bands that you can wrap either around like a door frame, and then some of like the smaller bands that you can do like a sort of like abduction with, that's a really good foundational starting point for what you're going to need for at home equipment. And you can pretty much replicate any sort of like dumbbell or barbell variation with that. You can do a million different variations of bench presses and shoulder presses and utilizing that bench, even for things like box jumps, if you want to go more on a conditioning front. And then all of those resistance bands will enable you to simulate what you would use with cables at the gym. And frankly, even when I'm at the gym, like 90% of my workout is barbells, dumbbells, or cables. I'm not, I don't do a ton of other fancy stuff. I mean, I love a machine here and there, but you can do a lot with those three very basic things. If you don't have any of that and you've got no interest in acquiring any of it or can't for whatever reason, there's a ton of stuff you can use around your house. So just like you were saying, pretty much anything that you can pick up that has some weight can be used for resistance training. So when it was COVID, we, I mean, you guys, you don't have Costco there, do you? Or any of those like giant, bo- oh, you do. Okay. Well, I don't know if you've got yeah, Costco in the proportions that the Americans have them, but you could buy like a 50 pound bag of rice from Costco. So I was doing walking lunges on the tennis court with a 50 pound bag of rice on my shoulders, right? Or holding the 50 pound bag of rice in front of me and using that for squats or any number of other exercises. You can also, anytime, if you've got like a suitcase or a backpack or a duffel bag, that's a great medium to be able to fill it with a bunch of heavy stuff. So take some books, take some water bottles, take laundry detergent, take dishwashing fluid, anything that has some weight to it and chuck it in a backpack, chuck it in a duffel bag. And then there you go. There's, there's a weight for yourself and you can use that and hold it for anything. I've had clients use gallon water bottles in each hand and that'll serve as dumbbells for anything that you're using. So you can really get creative with anything around the house. And just like you said, if you're at your own house, there's nothing to really be embarrassed about. I might not want to be at the gym with water bottles in my hands doing doing my lunges that way, but in the comfort of my living room, whatever works, works. I I know there's a lot of imperial 
metrics being going over people's heads here. Right, no one's commented, but I can I can already tell. Just to clarify, guys, fifty pounds—that's twenty-two and a half kilogram in our metric, which is ironic because <laughs> most of my listeners, no idea why, are Canadian. <laughs> God's only truth. Most of my listeners and followers on my podcast are from Canada. Right, but for, as we are streaming in my UK-based group here, I already know. As soon as you said fifty pound bag rice, and I can already hear cogs turning. Go, what, what's that? But the point I is, it doesn't matter. It. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, it doesn't matter, guys. The point, the point, Carl is getting at is just find some resistance. If it's adding yeah. to a body weight exercise, that'll do. You know. Yeah, and even if you don't have a bench, for example, I'm sure you've got a chair at your dining table or I'm sure you've got a coffee table or a couch or a bed. You can use those kinds of things for like a tricep dip, for example, or you can elevate your feet on it if you need to. You could elevate your back on a chair if you want to use a hip thrust that way. So there's a lot of things, right? If you just break down everything we do in strength training can typically be broken down into four fundamental movement patterns, your squat, your hinge, your push, and your pull. And if you just look at those movement patterns, so say you have a video of a barbell bent over row, okay, well, you can look at the body positioning there and without any equipment, you can get yourself into that bent over hinged position. You might not have a barbell. Okay, but what's the heavy thing that you can hold and you can row your arms back and you can still train your back. So if you break it down into the basics of just what am I doing here? Okay, I am have my shoulder in extension and I'm pulling it down and I'm flexing at my elbow. Great. I can do that with a cable or I can do that with any number of other things. So just break down the movement patterns and think to yourself, how can I replicate this with what I have? It doesn't have to be perfect. It just really is moving your body in some way. Some resistance is always going to be better than nothing at all. I'm just looking through your comments while you're talking. A lot of those, are we talking about resistance bands here, guys? Is this what Carla was saying before? Because someone's saying, it's something I keep looking at, but don't want to buy a shit yeah, a shit set and waste my money. No, no, no. Listen, resistance bands are absolutely phenomenal. Like, yeah. they are in in a gym that I have bloody squat racks and barbells, kettlebells, dumbbells, you name it, sandbags. I've got it all. My resistance bands are probably up there as one of my most used pieces of equipment. And the irony is, they're cheap. You can have them yeah. at home, and you can get different strengths, you know, they, they can go all the way up to 25 yeah. kilogram, oh, which God, is probably yeah. about I've... 60 pounds. <laughs> I'm going to, fr- I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to come back at you. <laughs> it's fun. You know what? I, my background is in powerlifting. So we do all of that in kilos. So I do, I do actually know the, conver- I should have just said it, but yes, I mean, the resistance bands are honestly one of the highest bang for your buck home workout items that you can buy because you can use them for so, so many different things. And you don't have to get anything crazy fancy. I've had the Amazon basics resistance bands, you know, from like the really, really thin, tiny ones, all the way to ones that are like yay thick or so. I think I've had the same set of resistance bands for the last four or five years. Um, I've never had one break on me and I've been using them. Like I said, I use them all throughout COVID. And even Mm. now, I mean, I have access to a full gym. I still use them for my warmups, right? Like I'll still use them for shoulder mobility. You could even, again, if you don't want to go into the, the, the bags of rice or filling things with a duffel bag, you can stand on a resistance band and then put it around your shoulders and use that to provide resistance for a squat or provide resistance for a deadlift or a good morning. So those are incredibly versatile and also really, really cost effective. Yeah, but it, it's like even for the conditioning of the 
stabilizer muscle groups so like rotator cuff you know yeah oh i gosh, i like i like to throw some throw some rotator cuff rotator cuff guy sits at the back of the shoulder girdle and he's the one of the most common causes for shoulder pain actually from from a lot and you might know this carly from from being at a desk job right and the shoulders rounding in getting all tight yep. here yeah and of course that's dom- very dominating of the major muscles the pecs the lats and of course the the, the, the um, rotator cuff gets sort of snagged and pulled and stretched and therefore yeah. weakened and little bands man i love him I, I could do dumbbell stuff but when i want to target my rotator cuffs i'd love to throw a bit of band work in there oh yeah you know, a little bit of uh, external rotation and stuff um loads of different things and so not only are they good for actually lifting and strength you can do band pull downs you can yeah. use your foot to do bent you know uh, bent over rows and stuff like that but for can you know for the rehab the mobility that you mentioned before bands are the all-round oh god yeah Genius. My husband has a torn my husband has a torn labrum right now from a skiing accident like 10 months ago and um I mean he can deadlift 600 pounds but about 50% of one of his upper body workouts is high degrees of external rotation and internal rotation with a band to retrain his scapular retraction to do what his shoulder needs to do so we use them all the time, even though I have access to a gym with literally every bit of equipment that you could ever want. They're super effective. And for most of my clients who train at home and say that they don't want to work out at a gym, that's always my recommendation is get a set of adjustable dumbbells and get a set of like Amazon basics resistance bands. And pretty much the sky's the limit from there. Now, without running the risk of you stealing my clients let's talk about moxie barbell <laughs> yeah. so how did that come about for you obviously we know that you, at this stage you'd found your, your passion for fitness like we said at the start of this very similar to myself nobody just wakes up one day as a kid and go mom dad i want to be a personal trainer it doesn't work that way it's something yeah. that, and i know this sounds really corny but I, it's true. I think it's a calling. I think you just, you, and I've, I've got the same vibe from other fitness professionals that I know, not, not necessarily personal trainers, yoga instructors, you know, um, dietitians and stuff. Anyone within that, that fitness and health field, a similar thing that the, the picture I tend to get painted in front of me is that people just get called to it. It's like, do you know what? Yeah. I love this. This has changed my life. I want to help other people. It's like what you said before. We don't do this for money. There's many other careers we could get into for that. We do. Yeah, this I was because... in one of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And for me, it's like no. I I like to share all all my own personal experience of how fitness has changed my life. I want to share that with other people. Um, so tell me a little bit about Moxie Barbell and how that came to be. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, exactly like you said, I really did kind of fall into it. And in fact, I was kind of doing everything along the way to convince myself that this wasn't the path that I should take because I'm a super risk averse person. I um, I never envisioned myself as an entrepreneur, somebody that was running her own business. That felt very scary and very unattainable. And I tried to convince myself, no, just go and jump to these other more stable careers. But it 
it took a lot of stable careers making me really unhappy for me to realize, well, this is the thing that I talk about nonstop. This is the thing that my life is literally devoted to. This is the thing that if there was no money involved, this is what I would be doing. And I just started getting really frustrated with the fact that I knew what I loved and what I was extremely passionate about. And the only thing that was standing in the way of me pursuing that was fear of financial success. Um, and that just, I got to a point in with my own mental health where I was like, there's no amount of money that's worth me sitting here and suffering for a paycheck. I'm just not going to do it. So it honestly started out of necessity, but also pretty naturally through the own progression of my own journey. So I, um, after my last job, I went and I got myself certified and I started working full time in a gym because I wanted to get that in-person experience. I think for anybody that doesn't know, Moxie Barrel is an online coaching business. And I think it's really hard to coach in an online capacity without ever having had the experience working with clients in person. You just don't know what cues resonate with people or what are the typical mistakes that people make with form or just what are the things you hear from people. So I really value that experience. And I Enough did that for- me up more. Nothing winds no. me up more than new new people into the industry. They want to go straight to the online because they're promised all this passive income. And yeah. it, it winds me up. If I'm interviewing people, if I'm trying to take on like trainers now, even the fact that they just did their, their qualifications purely online without having to, I can get a bit like, mm, yes, I am an online personal it's trainer now. It's just so but different. I had years, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And also like, even when I was studying for my certification exam, which was a self-paced online thing, as I'm sitting there taking the exam and they're talking about different movements, I'm sitting there, I'm moving my body. I'm doing like, I'm all over the place. And so again, I only have my own experience and I'm a very experienced lifter at this point. Like I've been doing this for a long time and I was competitive in powerlifting, but I have to remind myself what it's like to be a beginner in the gym. And for me to really remind myself of that, I need to see it. I need to do it. I need to be hands-on with it. So I got that experience. I did that for about, gosh, 15, 16 months, something like that. And I, I launched Moxie Barbell concurrently with that because I also was realistic. I knew I wasn't going to start a business and have it be successful and, and profitable overnight, um, which it certainly wasn't. So I am... Um, Ultimately, I built the business uh, to be the type of coach that I wish I had at earlier points in my journey. Um, my whole goal with Moxie Barbell is to help my clients find the version of fitness that fits their lifestyle, that they can do consistently and that they are excited to do. The thing is, is that anybody can, can go online at this point in time and they can get a training program and they can get their macros spit back to them. And go on their merry way. That's not why people hire a coach. They hire a coach because they've tried a bunch of things in the past, but maybe it hasn't worked or maybe it's stuck for a little while, but then life happened. Your kids got sick. Somebody was in the hospital and now it's a shit show and you have no idea how to keep doing that with all of the other things going on. So my goal as a coach is to help you learn what habits and routines fit into your life that you can do, but then also give you the tools to be able to adapt those things for different seasons of life so that you know how to keep doing those things when you have a baby, when you change jobs, when there's a, a family emergency or when you're going on vacation or a work trip that you know how to adapt those things. So for me, it's really about giving people the 
confidence to move their bodies, um, the education to know how to do it and to be able to ask the right questions. But given my background in psychology and I'm certified in health behavior change, I focus a lot with clients on developing a growth mindset and really building the confidence that you can push past obstacles and you can do these things really effectively. So it's a lot of mindset work behind the scenes that teaches people that, hey, like again, like going back to the identity work of what I was talking about in the beginning, that I am a healthy person, not just I have some healthy habits, but I am a healthy person. And now how do I go and do all of the things that are going to support that? So I call myself really a holistic health coach. Yes, it is strength coaching. Yes, it is nutrition coaching. Yes, there are mindset components, but it's very holistic. I'm looking at who you are as a person, what your support system is like, what your stress levels are like, how much you're sleeping, what you're eating how much you're training or not training. And we're putting all of those pieces together to figure out who you are as a unique human being and then how we create a plan that's going to fit your life the most sustainably and ultimately that you're really going to enjoy. I agree. And that sounds awesome, Carly. And and one, you know, I, my, my group members here listening and, and my audience listening, I've been very public about this, um, about what's been going on with me very recently. Without boring people too much, basically, I can't lift weights right now. Um, and I don't know how long it's going to be till I can ever do it again, if I'm honest. So when I'm preaching to people, when I'm having guests like Carly on here, and we're both doubling down and telling you the importance of this, take it from someone who can't even do what he loves right now. Take advantage while you can. You'll feel amazing. Do not be scared that you're going to get bulky. We've already talked about this. That's not what's going to happen. Take a holistic approach, which I know Carl is a big advocate of. And, you know, you go and get it. Go and lift them weights, you know. go yep. And it doesn't have to be weights. We've talked about resistance bands. I've had a few people in the comments since say, right, that's it. They're going in the Amazon basket <laughs> right now. <laughs> We've sold we've sold resistance, but I want so I I, I think me, I was going to say me and Carly should get some <laughs> sort of uh, commission for that. Surely, yeah. um, Carly, when what I tend to do to with people, um, well, we'll get into this last bit. What, what I tend to do is I tend to give people. You, do you, you, you right? You know on that side of the pond, right, Jerry Springer. Okay, now yeah. I used to love it as a kid, right? God bless him. Now Jerry Springer, he used to do his final foot. Right. So what I tend to do with my guest on here is I tend to throw you on the deep end and go, right, I want you to sum up. Um, so in this situation, we'll, we'll talk about the topic that we're talking about, right? And holistic strength training and sort of devi deviating away from the, the stereotypical bloody hip sure. training cardio. And you're going to sum it up in 60 seconds and I'll put you on the spot and go for it. But I'm not going to get there just yet. That'll be how we're going to finish. I'm going to give you some time to think sure. on that. Um, what's next for you then, Carly? Like, um, obviously, we've you've launched this now. You're following a very parallel path to myself, you know, where yeah. you 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 like to combine that on that online stuff because you know it's ease of use, like we've talked about to to my clients here. You know, people who can't get access to the gym, but we're also combining our experience of in person training and in person yeah. experience with that online platform what's next for you what what sort of what's the message you want to convey you know towards towards the listeners and, and, and the world yeah 
Good question. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm unlike you, I'm much fresher in my, in my own journey as a business owner, as a coach. Um, like I said, I launched Moxie a little over a year ago. So all in the grand scheme of things, I'm still pretty green in all of this. So my goal, if I think back what the last year has looked like was a lot of growth and a lot of things on the back end of really just getting the business up and running and, and figuring out how I was going to do this and, and what my message is. And it was also a lot of growth for me personally. It was the first year that I was really doing the thing that I felt like I should be doing instead of the thing that other people had been telling me my whole life that I should be doing. So if I look ahead to the next year, my goal is to continue to build on the momentum that I've started in the last year, right? And be able to get this message out to more people and to continue to break down the the myths and the barriers around getting into the gym and continuing to encourage people to be the happiest and the healthiest versions of themselves, whatever that looks like for you. So my goal was when I started and is still now to empower people to look, feel, and perform their best. And if I can play a role in helping people do that, um, I'm tremendously grateful to be able to do it. I get to wake up every day now and, and really be so grateful that this is the job that I get to do. This is what I get to sit down and do all day for work. And I hope that every day for the next year and for the rest of the career, I wake up and I feel similarly grateful to be able to be doing it. Beautifully put. I, I literally recorded a solo podcast saying very similar to you about that whole grateful thing. Um, and the personal situation that, uh, that I've been going through and di my diagnosis and stuff for me uh, even though I can't exercise right now and, and, and I can't do too much, but for me, I had to have some immediate time away from the gym and work in general. And that's the word that kept coming back to me. Like, I'm so grateful to be able to get to do what I do. And yeah. um, when I did eventually go back to my gym for the first time in two and a half months, that first session reignited my passion not that I yeah. never, I ever lost it, but I think I, I took it for granted. Let's say maybe a little bit, you know. Um, it became very business dominant, and yeah. we we spoke spoke about this before we went live. You know, we're not just teaching people to exercise; as we're running a business. We have to deal with admin and computer and spreadsheets and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that these guys don't get to see behind the scenes. Maybe we should share more of that. I don't know, but what I tend to find is that first session back and i was really nervous actually because i've been away for so long even though these are my clients yeah but oh my god i felt like i was freshly qualified again you mentioned about being quite green into the business compared to me but that re i needed that and, yeah. and, and that was tying into just just i'm not stepping on your toes here i'm trying to just yeah. add, add on to what you just said because it was so beautifully Absolutely. put and, and i do agree gratitude and just being grateful for what we get to do and I get to be here in a group streaming with a fellow fitness enthusiast and personal trainer from the other side of the of the, the planet. And we're you know, we are both promoting this same message, which is that, you know, fitness is the key. It's the absolute key um to all things, physical health, mental health, um, so yeah, I just wanted to add on top of that, but I think yeah, that was a no, perfect, I love that. Carly. I, I think that's that's we. I think we align there. I think we we're yeah. in this for the right reasons, by the sounds of things. No, totally. It's uh again, just like you, I I I know the alternative. I 
it not in a in a health context, but I know what it's like to wake up every day and catch the train into Manhattan and go sit behind a desk and crunch numbers. So even on the hard days here when I'm doing spreadsheet work and marketing work and sales, which is a lot of this job of running your own business, I'm able to really ground myself and remind myself, hey, like you chose this path and it is the right path for you. And yes, it's hard, but my God, could it be something different? And it does. It fills me with a tremendous amount of gratitude. And it's something I try to carry with me quite a bit because otherwise it can be really scary. Running your own business is friggin' really hard. Nobody tells you how hard it is. And there are a lot of really challenging moments and challenging days, but I do, I do try to come back to that gratitude piece quite a bit. And it sounds like you as well. Awesome. Carly, we're going to start the the Sully 62nd feature. I've only just named that right this second, by the way. This this episode, it's officially been named. I've just called it the 62nd thing I do. I've just decided to call it Sully 62nd. There you go. It's a new feature, right, that you're going to – before we start that, guys, I've got got quite a bit of action going off in the comments, but what I want you guys to do in the meantime – um, is if you've got any questions to ask Carly while she's here now, take advantage, guys. Okay. Um, so if you want, I know we've talked, we've kind of a few have come through anyway about the resistance yeah. bands and stuff like that. And obviously, uh, we answered a big question, which was how do we adapt strength training from home? Which I think is a fantastic question because not many people even think about that. Uh, they just associate strength training with the gym. Um, so yeah, any last questions you've got, guys? If you're still watching, or if you're watching this back, let me know, and I can I can forward them on to Carly after um, this episode. Um, right, I'm going to start my timer, Carly. So what <laughs> ha- what I'm going to ask you, right? Yeah. This is where the ban- this is where the banter part comes in in the podcast sure. because this is where this is where we watch people struggle a little bit. But I I've got confidence in you. I, I think you're going to smash this. Right. So before I start timing, sixty seconds. I just want you to sum up. This is jerry's final four right if you were to sure. say one last message let's say you th- this was the last 60 seconds of your life and it's not it's not that deep let's maybe <laughs> i should change that but right, to, to the listeners um on the subject if you could sum up a message in 60 seconds go for it ready three two one this is carly's final four sure The biggest thing that I would say to anybody listening is that even if you don't think it is, fitness is for you. It can be for everybody. And the most important thing I want you to take away from today, if nothing else, is that do what you love and do what you can do consistently. Continue to show up and do that. There's a million different ways that fitness can look. You can show up in the gym. You can be using barbells and machines and dumbbells and all of the fancy things in the world. But you can also work out from home with a 22.5 kilo bag of rice and some resistance bands. All of those things can exist in conjunction. But most importantly, don't be afraid to lift some heavy weight, right? There's this huge stigma that you are going to get bulky, which... Callum and I have both explained, we would love to wake up and magically be bulky one day, but it's not going to happen. So continue to show up, lift that weight and do it over and over and over again. And that's how you're going to see the most progress over time. I'll call it that. With two seconds to spare as well. I kid you not. I literally kid you not. Awesome (laughs) stuff. That was brilliant. I I knew you were going to handle that very well. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Brevity is not my strong suit. So... (laughs) But this is the thing, and that's what I like about this. Is that's just proof that you're not all talk. You know, you know your stuff, and you back it up because I can put you under pressure for six seconds, and you stand by everything you just said this entire episode. And I think that's what I like about the guests that I bring on. It's 
it's the I've said this word before. I know it's a bit of a, a buzzword, but the authenticity, you know, like we are in this industry for the right reasons. We want to help people. And there, unfortunately, as we talked about a bit before, there are a lot of not so great, yeah. you know, influences out there or diet companies. We didn't really get to touch on diet too much, but perhaps we'll, 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 we'll redo a part two and we'll get really into yeah, the nitty-gritty we'd love diet. To. But, um, I, I, yeah, I, I think that it's so refreshing um to have people on 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 this show that and even if they didn't you know i'm happy to i'm happy to have people on that i don't agree with you know sometimes having yeah. a debate is fantastic but it's always good to have people on with the same moral code the same core values because what it does for me is it validates the stuff that i teach because then to hear it from a, a third party someone who also has their own coaching business that that basically preaches the same messages to their clients to their audience it kind of validates what we're all saying collectively as, as, yeah. a, as a unit of, the, of fitness professionals that we have the right intentions here guys listen to us because we're trying to help you couldn't agree more carly where can people go and follow you now where where, where can yeah. um they go and check you out and give you a little follow for sure. So yeah, if you want to check out anything about the business, best place to do that is online at moxiebarbell.com. And then you can find me on all of the socials. So Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at moxiebarbell. So M-O-X-I-E barbell, which I would hope everybody knows how to spell because you should be having one in your hand. <laughs> well, that's a lot easier for me to pronounce than your first, your surname was. So my I'm last quite name. happy. <laughs> yeah. I'm quite happy that we, we, we went with that. Um, Awesome stuff, Carly. It's been a pleasure, an honor to have you on today. Um, and, and based on what I'm reading from the comments, I think a lot of people, um, particularly in the group, uh, I'm just trying to trying to get back onto the to live here. Um, yep, a lot of people are saying that they really enjoyed that. They um, and it's been very enlightening. People have added resistance bands to their basket, which I still believe we should get commission for. Well, commission um, for. And like Carly said before, you should have dumbbells in your hands because you can go and buy cheap dumbbells from Amazon. You know, it's every every house should have dumbbells. Okay. Yeah. And I, or seriously, I don't mean... check out check out a secondhand site. Check out Facebook Marketplace yeah. or Craigslist or any of the other ones. Like I, that's where I got mine. Um, super inexpensively. So go for the go for the adjustable ones. They're very versatile. Oh my god, they're just a piece of iron, you know, that may may be plated in vinyl. Like they don't have to be prestigious and look all neat and shiny. Yeah. At the end of the day, they all do the same thing. They're just weights. It's just yeah. resistance. So yeah. absolutely, like Carly says, go. And, you can find them. You can get low budget equipment. Um, or if not, like Carly said earlier on, and I've mentioned using a chair, using your household obstacles is always an alternative. So what we're basically saying in the nicest way possible is there's no excuses. It can be done. Yeah, it can be done. Yes. Awesome. Carly, thank you very much for jumping on. I appreciate it. Um, yep, a lot of comments saying thank you Callum and Carly really enjoyed life tonight thanks it's given me a lot to think about and invest in eh? um, <laughs> one said don't DIY the dog they wiggle too much I don't even know if we're <laughs> on the same conversation here but I, I think uh, actually not for nothing I have as it was kind of a joke reel that I made once but I did I joked that I had done a, an exercise with my dog I called it the puppy upright row he's got like a 
like a, a tug of war toy. And I was, I was rowing him up and down, basically playing with him. So don't knock the dog. You can mm. use it. Yep. I went to do push-ups with my dog. He's a pug. So he's just the right size. So I, I, I can do it. <laughs> but apparently face licks every time that he comes down yes. was, was, was irritating me. In fact, once a little <laughs> side note, I took him to the gym once I went for my solo workout, but it wasn't quite solo and I'm letting him run around the gym. And I decided to do a decline bench press, right? With a barbell, just a light warm up set. That was quickly disrupted when he ran up to me mid rep, bear in mind, right? I'm here mid rep and just comes and gives me a little nip on my nose. And I'm like that with a barbell, having my nose attached. So don't work out with your dog, is what what I'm saying. Unless you're making a reel for content, of at course. Your own, at your own risk. <laughs> at your own risk. All right then, guys, thank you very much. Oh, 25k border collie. Yeah, don't be, don't, don't be doing anything with a 25k border collie. I have a. I also have a, about a twenty five k Sharpe English Bulldog mix. So Brilliant. it can be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My best friend's got one of them, and they are massive. And, yeah. and in fact, if they if they just gently um, butted into, they could send you about ten miles. So maybe <laughs> maybe weigh up the situation before you try and pick up your your twenty five k dog and try and squat with them. It might not be the same <laughs> as a twenty five k kettlebell. No, awesome. a little bit more of a stability challenge. <laughs> yeah. Right, guys, thank you very much for checking, tuning in live. And thank you again, Carly, um, for joining us. I don't know what time it is there over there. It's quite late here. It is, it is 12.10 p.m., so my day is uh, just about getting started. Lovely. And whereabouts are you? I live in California, so I live West just Coast, about brilliant. 45 so minutes that, yeah. south of San Francisco. Yeah. Brilliant. This That is the city I've wanted to go to the most, actually, um, where everyone else is like, oh, yeah, New York, and oh, yeah, LA. And I'm like, I want to go San Fran. I want to be driving uh, up ridiculously. I will say, so I've lived in all three of those cities. I was born and raised on the East Coast, so I was raised mm. just outside of New York. I lived in LA for about a year and a half before living here. This is my favorite of definitely mm. of all of the three it's a very approachable city the hills are wild i get very stressed sometimes driving up them you feel like your car is just going to fall right off the side of the hill but uh <laughs> definitely definitely give us a shout if you make it out to to this side of the pond absolutely that is it is on my bucket list go and see san fran it is what i plan today it's not even about the golden gate i just want i just love the vibe of the city um it is from, a great from, city. from what i get um awesome well it's now it's a lovely 10 past eight o'clock in the evening here on a very cold and wet, miserable, and I'm sure you're aware, having a Scottish uh, partner, very, very cold, dark, miserable. Very aware. Um, very aware. Autumn or fall day. So we'll get off there. Thank you very much again, Carly. Um, and for the rest of you guys watching, um, thank you very much for attending live and take care.